Hi, this is Relate to the Bible podcast with Deborah Styling, a podcast that helps listeners realize the Bible is still relevant in the 21st century. I would like you to understand how I relate the Bible to my life or the things I've read, the movies I've watched, things I've seen, videos, or how I make connections to things in the world. When I'm reading the Bible, I reflect on it. The example is um, Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. One time I belonged to an organization, and they had a new member. And I didn't think that person seemed like a very nice person, so kind of stayed away and watched from a distance over different meetings. And it turned out that that person was really, really nice. And I had judged them by first impressions. They might have been shy or or something else, which made them seem aloof. But they were nice, and they befriended other people in the organization, and they were a real asset to the group. And it makes me think of how that was a shallow decision on my part to judge. And it helped me reflect more when I meet new people to be more open. Additionally, when I apply these things to my life, sometimes I'll think, now do I want God to judge me that way? Do I want other people to judge me that way? And so I reflect on these things and it gives me a deeper relationship to the passages I'm reading. And it feels much more personal to me. And I realize that you will apply passages you're reading to your life and the things that you know about the world or things you've read or movies or videos or TV that you've seen. These are just an example to make it easier for you to make those connections. Also, these podcasts will be coming out on Wednesday and Friday. The first portion of this podcast is called Mustard Seed Christian. It's from a post I put on a blog I felt led to create called Types of Christians. You can find that at HTTPS, Types of Christians, T-Y-P-E-S-O-F-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-S dot blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. It has examples of different ways I've related the Bible passages to my own life. And not that you would relate to them in the same way, but maybe you would relate to some things that you read in the Bible in a way that's meaningful to you. Okay, the passage I have related to mustard seed Christians is from Luke chapter 13, verses 18 and 19. Then said he, which is Jesus, unto what is the kingdom of God like? And whereunto shall I resemble it? It is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and cast into his garden, and it grew and waxed a great tree, and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. This reminds me of when I mentioned to someone else about how God looked after me in a particular situation. It's like planting a seed that has the potential to grow and to continue to grow into a full-fledged belief in God. It's just like the mustard tree that grows from that tiny seed that is planted makes me think that we as mustard seed Christians never know how the little things we share might make a difference in someone else's life. My being fearful of sharing my relationship with God may not be giving that person the opportunity to come to have a relationship with God. Here are some related passages. 
Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. That's from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 32. You might think, why she just read that? But it is the first one I shared was from Luke chapter 13, verses 18 and 19. Sometimes I put related passages that are just on the same topic and support whatever it is that I'm sharing. And then sometimes I put uh, related passages that are the same thing because the different disciples heard Jesus say things and were witnesses to that. And they saw Jesus do things. And it's good to hear different ones say it and and share their witness that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior and it's additional um, proof that he is because there's more than one person that saw and heard him do things. Do they say exactly the same? No. Some put more detail. Some put less. Some put it in. I mean, they put it in their own words. Um, one might see it from this perspective and might one might see it from a different perspective, a vantage point or a personal perspective and what they saw was important and mentioned. But it is significant proof that Jesus Christ is our Lord. The next passage I have, and he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown on the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Now, this one is from Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. They're all basically the same, you know, they paraphrase, like I said. But is that significant? There are those that say, oh, those are inconsistencies. That makes it a lie, and Jesus is a lie. He's not your Savior. Why do you believe that Bible? But the thing is, that's not true. There's slight inconsistencies in wording. If you and I saw something, we would each share what we saw and then different wording, and it'll be basically the same, but it, just one might have more details and other less. But the thing is, that doesn't mean we didn't both see it or hear it. So, and any differences in the wording are minimal at most, and so they're not inconsistent. I mean, they're not significant. So, don't let people confuse you by saying there's inconsistencies in the Bible and it's all a lie, because it's not. And I've done a lot of research on this. In fact, I felt led to do a lot because I found out a lot of Christians um, lose their faith in Christ because somebody tells them something like that, that the Bible's full of lies and they can't believe about Jesus being their Lord. Anyway, so I started doing research on things that were possible inconsistencies, like the mustard seed thing, because it's worded differently. And some people might say that it's inconsistent. To research it and I've put I've researched lots and lots and lots of biblical topics and looked for consistencies and inconsistencies and I put that on a blog that I also felt led to create and it's called do biblical inconsistencies really matter and you can find that at https colon double backslash biblical inconsistencies b-i-b-l-i-c-a-l I-N-C-O-N-S-I-S-T-E-N-C-I-E-S 
www.blogspot.com. Anyway, check the links of the different research I've done and read it to see if you find inconsistencies that are significant. I have yet to find, and I've been doing this for a while, to find anything that's a significant inconsistency. I also need you to know that since this is an example of the positive influence that God has made on my faith walk with Christ, this may not reflect the whole meaning of the Bible passages that I share with you. The second portion of the podcast is called Judgment Day Christian. The passage I have with it is from Luke chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. When I was reading in my Bible this morning, again, I wrote this some time ago. Uh, when I was reading my Bible this morning, I was thinking about how God uses picturesque language throughout the Bible to give us a mental picture of what he's trying to convey to us. This passage is a good example of that. I can picture a mother hand spreading her wings, trying to focus her children to go in the correct direction, just as Jesus does for us. Do we listen? No, just like the kids, we say we want to do things our own way and tend to wander off, losing our focus. Now, when something traumatic happens in our lives or the lives of our loved ones, bam, we are right back on target asking God to help with this situation. As Judgment Day Christians, do you think Jesus will have pity on us who decide at that moment that we finally are ready to become Christian when our lives haven't reflected that dedication all along? Here is a related passage. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. This passage is from Matthew 23, verses 37 through 39, and the one I read at the beginning of that part was from Luke 13, verses 34 through 35. It's additional proof that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of all. I want you to know that since this is an example of the positive influence God has made on my life through the Bible, this podcast that I shared with you may not reflect all of the whole meaning of the Bible verses and passages I have shared. They're just how this particular Bible verse or passage related to my life and how it makes the Bible more personal to me and my daily walk with Christ. Thank you for joining us at Relate to the Bible. I look forward to you joining us next time where you will hear more examples of how you can relate the Bible in ways that are especially meaningful to you.